it's a little, again, a uh, little weak, that's all. But uh, I wanted to preach a message of encouragement tonight. And uh, we'll be preaching on the subject of, I shouldn't tell you what I'm preaching on Sunday morning because you might not come back, but the subject of judgment. But don't tell anybody. Uh, on Sunday morning is the plan. But Galatians chapter 5 tonight. And uh, on the line of that, we need, we need joy in our lives. We need fruit in our lives. We need uh, sunshine in our lives for sure. I want to talk about the fruit of the Spirit tonight. And a very familiar passage of Scripture. Let's stand one more time in respect to the reading of God's Word. You all know, and many of you have these verses memorized. We'll go right to the two verses. First, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And this is, we only have uh, two verses. We'll read them twice, all right? So here, let's read them together. Ready? Galatians 5, 22 and 23, reading together. Ready? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, good, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such there is no law. Let's do that one more time. Ready? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, fruitfulness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And you may be seated as we look at the the fruit of the Spirit tonight. And uh, I don't want to get too theologically in-depth right out of the gate here, but just to say that there's a difference of opinion on regards to, the Bible does say the fruit doesn't say the fruits for the record. It says the fruit of the Spirit. Now, some think, and I kind of I leaned this way, I could be wrong. I'll just tell you that we read several different commentators and everybody's divided on this one. But uh, I think the fruit of the Spirit is love. I think that's the fruit of the Spirit. And now everything else is the manifestation of that love. And so let's fill in the blank here tonight here. If you have a, a pen and you have your uh, pay, um, pen handy, of course. Love is the fruit. God says that First John 4, 7, and 8, I gave verses out. Did somebody have those verses for us, please? Go ahead, nice and loud, please. All right, so if we're filling the blank with the first four, four filling the blanks, this love is, what kind of a love are we talking about? It's a, it's a God love, but I, I wrote down, my word is the word, it's the word divine love. This love, of the, this, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And most of you know that the, that famous Greek word, of course, is the word agapel or agape, we say. And of course, it's God love, it's a divine love. And it comes from God. Men, men cannot love properly because they, they can have a phileo love, Philadelphia is the city of brotherly loves. Ha, ha, ha. That's a joke. But anyhow, uh, uh, but they can only have an earthly love. But uh, uh, with God, we can have an agape love. We can have a divine love and because God is in us and the Holy Spirit is in us, of course. And so we, the, the love is a divine love. It's, uh, secondly, uh, Jesus said in Jeremiah, I love thee with an everlasting love. It's an unconditional love. That's the fill in the blank word. An unconditional love. It's, uh, it's not, there's no strings attached. It's, a, it's a love regardless of, he, we love him because he first loved us, of course the Bible says. And so this love is unconditional love. We, are, we have everlasting life. We have eternal security in Christ. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He loves us not because of us, but in spite of us, he loves us because of what he did for us. His love is a one-way street in many ways. And this love, of, this love that we're talking about, this fruit of the Spirit, is love that should be unconditional if it's guided by the Holy Spirit of God. We love our relatives. Linda prayed for her brother here just a moment ago, of course. And uh, um, I guess uh, Ed, and it's not Ed. What, what's his name? Ed. 
Frank, okay. Frank, I think Frank made a profession of faith many years ago, didn't he? Am I thinking right? Okay, well, we still, the point, of this, the point of the matter is that Linda loves her brother. It doesn't matter if he's saved or unsaved, he loves, she loves her brother because she has the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, number three, uh, my fill-in-the-blank word is the word, this love, this love is, is, is the fruit, and it's enthusiastic love. For God so loved the world. It's enthusiastic love. I mean, he, think about it. I mean, God loved, this, loved the world, not, not the cosmos, not, the, not the, the world itself. The world passes away in lust thereof, but... But uh, he loves the people in the world. It's amazing. It's astounding when you think about it. How can you love the unlovely? There's so many unlovely people, of course, and so many godless, wicked people. But God so loved us, and while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Christ died for us. And so this love is divine love. This love is unconditional. This love is enthusiastic. Fill in blank number four, or bullet point number four, whatever you want to say, call it. This love is wanting only the best. Ephesians 1 3, he's, he's uh, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He's given us all, he, he wants better for, I said it many times, but uh, William and Lydia, I just want you to know that your parents want better for you than you want yourself. I promise you that. And uh, they, they, they love you. God wants better for you than you want for yourself. That's how much love he has. He has more love for us than we have for ourselves. And he wants the, the best for us. And so this love is. is uh, is only the best type of love because it's God love, it's Holy Spirit love. And so note, of course, on the way of introduction again, the, the other eight so-called fruits are the manifestations, there's fill in blank word, manifestations of love. Now you can differ with me if you want to. If you want to say the joys of the, the, the next eight are the fruits of the Spirit, that's, I'm not going to argue with you, but uh, I think you get the point. If you have love, 1 Corinthians 13, love, love is everything. God is love. Don't ever forget that. Don't get tired. I just let me run just a rabbit trail for ten seconds months ago right over your head. But I get a little nervous when I hear preachers say that get so tired of hearing about the love of God. I know that there's a syrupy, really a, a unscriptural love of God that people have a, a, an idea of. But God is love. He's true love. He's real love. He's the real deal. And He loves us. He wants the best for us. He's an unconditional love. It's enthusiastic love. It's divine love. And so with that said, uh, let's look at the first of the, the manifestations, if you will, of this love or this fruit of the Spirit. And the first one, of course, is that of joy or kara. Uh, in the Greek, Greek language, of course, charis or kara, of course. In 1 Peter 1.8, who has that verse for us? We rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I've quoted 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 14 many different times, or 2, 9. I have not seen nor hear, third or not, I have entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. And we usually use it in a secondary application to talk about how, how incredible heaven's going to be. But in the context, really, that verse is talking about the fact that, that uh, the song said, the angels never felt the joy that our salvation brings. That, that in the context... Uh, an unsaved person cannot understand how wonderful it is to have the Holy Spirit of God in you, i.e., to be saved, to be born again. You can't even comprehend it. It's joy unspeakable. I mean, no matter what happens to us, we're going to heaven when we die. And we're, 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 we, we got him. He's constantly abiding in our heart and life. And so the first word, as a matter of fact, to fill in the blank, is uh, the word constant. This joy is, joy is a constant or a stable joy. It's Romans fourteen seventeen. Who has that? 
and righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Notice it's in the Holy Ghost. So there's constant, there's this joy unspeakable, full of glory. It's a constant joy. It's a joy even when we're, we're down and out, we're depressed, even then we're, we're in the winter, we're this winter uh, uh, monsoon that we've been in. And Monday, was Monday a tough day or what? Uh, just unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. And uh, so glad to get that over with, of course. And uh, it's it's cold up here in them them, them our hills here of Connecticut. And I can't wait to to get some sunshine and uh, and some some melting and some thaw, of course. But anyhow, uh, we can still have joy in the midst of freeze. <laughs> so uh, constant, stable joy. And then then uh, Philippians one twenty five. Somebody read the verse and we'll get to the point. Uh, I'm sorry, that's 121. Do you get 125? I might have wrote down the wrong verse. 125, my fault. All right, so write down fill in blank word is this joy that we're talking about comes via trusting, trusting faith or through trusting faith, in other words. It's it's through faith. By faith, we get this. We got the we get the Holy Spirit of God, and we get this joy that's unspeakable. We get this constant joy, this stabilizing joy in the midst of uh, uh, this fruit fruitful joy in the midst of uh, freezing weather again. And so we get this joy that's a manifestation of the love of God. And so people that love and have divine love and have unconditional love and enthusiastic love. They have joy. They have constant, constant stability in their life. They have, they get it through the f- trusting faithfulness. Okay. So the next, the next word is love, joy, and then that word peace. The first of the three. Uh, there's actually three, three. Uh, th- there's nine, nine so-called fruits, but uh, in three divisions, love, joy, peace are the first three. Of course, Philippians four seven. Uh, I don't think I gave that verse to anybody. Turn, turn a couple pages. I have to turn my Bible myself and. Look at Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God which passes all understanding. It's kind of like joy unspeakable. Peace that passes all understanding. So keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. John 14, 27, and I'm paraphrasing. I didn't write it down. But Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth unto you. Um, Jesus gives the peace that the world, again, like the joy and like the love that they cannot have. They cannot have this joy that we have. They cannot have this peace that we have because it's, it's a God peace. And so the first uh, uh, dash there is an overriding, the key word is the word ruling peace. Ruling. Colossians 3.15, who has that for us, please? Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Hey, what's happening to America? I mean, I see it. Uh, it wasn't supposed to happen in my lifetime. It wasn't whatever supposed to happen. I mean, the demise of our country, the destruction of our country, the judgment that's coming, and the judgment—it's not coming. It's here already. People are so dense they don't—they can't see it. They're so blind. And uh, the fact of the matter is, and it's, if, if, if that alone, I would be so depressed, so discouraged. You know, I've said it many times, but I mean, I've, I've loved this flag. I love what it stands for. I love my country, but this is not my home any longer. This is, uh, we're just passing through. We're just, uh, my, my joy has got to come from a higher source. My peace has got to come from a higher place. I can't get peace in this in, from D.C. for sure, for Hartford for sure. I can't. There's no peace for, for me to be found. 
And this, this divine peace. And then uh, Romans 8, 6, let's read the verse and we'll, we'll fill in the bullet point. All right, so this peace we're talking about is a state of mind. I've learned what sort of state I'm in. There were to be content, Paul said. When I was in Jerusalem, I'll have to do this quickly here. We went to the prison where they, they, uh, uh, Jesus was held by, in Caiaphas' prison uh, for a couple hours. And it was, it was a dungeon. Of course, they had a light bulb. Well, there was no light bulb, I guarantee you, when Jesus was in that dungeon in prison for... And when Paul was in prison, there was no light bulb. There was no, uh, and Paul said in the prison epistle, I've learned what sort of state I'm in. If I'm in the dungeon, I can have the peace of God that passes understanding. And so it's a state of mind. And it's uh, mind over matter. It's mind over the physical presence that we have. And so we have this love, joy, peace. Then the fourth word, and let's move along here. We've got a time limit tonight here. And uh, long-suffering. That word long-suffering, the second, uh, second trilogy, the, the, the first one of the second trilogy, rather. Uh, macrothumia, we see that word macro, great. Okay, not micro, but macro. This great thumia, Ephesians 4, 1 and 2, who has a verse for us? Read that, please. All right, so this, this long-suffering, Paul said, uh, I, I beseech you that you walk. And, you know, how, how did Paul lose his life? Anybody think they're going to get beheaded here? I, I'm not looking forward to that. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think, you know. I don't think, you know, pardon me for being make light, light of something so, so somber. But uh, that's how Paul lost his life. But uh, I, I can't think, I can't help but think that he gladly laid down his head on that chopping block and was says, Hurry up, I can't wait to get to heaven, you know. He's, he, 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 but he was long-suffering. He said, I can, I can have patient endurance. That's the fill-in-blank word, the word patient. Long-suffering is, the word, is also the idea of having great macro, great patience, great endurance. We can endure tribulation. Revelation 2.10, Bible says, Thou shalt have tribulation ten days, but be thou faithful unto death, and God shall give you a crown of life. And I paraphrase there, but... Uh, this long-suffering, we can, it's patient endurance. Then Psalm 103 in verse number 13 is a great encouragement verse. Who has that for us? God pities, uh, he pities us. He has mercy on us. He has long-suffering. He has patience for us. So uh, the second uh, dash is, refers to God's attitude towards us. He's patient towards us. He's long-suffering towards us. He, put, he knows, he knows our frame that we are but dust. You ever feel like, you know, I mean, how many times have I messed up in my life as a Christian, even as a pastor, and I have I faltered and so forth, and I have to come to God and uh, come to my senses and the Holy Spirit of God works in my heart, and I say, why did I do that, or why, why did I think that way, or why did I get so discouraged, and, and you know, I, I, I judge myself, self-judgment on the believer, 1 Corinthians 11, but God, it's right there to say, son, I love you. I knew, knew that was going to happen. That's okay. You're, I'm long-suffering towards you. I'm not going to throw you out. I love you with an everlasting love. I want to give you joy. I want to give you peace. I want to give you long-suffering. Then number, uh, the, the fourth uh, 
manifestation of this love is the word, the word gentleness, of course. Long-suffering gentleness. And uh, 2 Timothy 2, 24-26, who has that verse, those verses for us? Okay. That's okay. That's good. And Paul's talking, of course, to Timothy, his young son in the faith, and uh, he's telling him that the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle, uh, apt to teach, gentle unto all men. And uh, the longer I pastor, the more I realize, and uh, uh, again, I'm confessing here, over the years, sometimes I get to the point where I just get fed up with certain certain people that come to our church or whatever, or that... Uh, hit and miss and so forth. And I just forget about them. They're 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 not even worth. And uh, shh, don't you didn't hear it from me. But uh, you know, I want to just just uh, I don't have time for them. And there's people that'll gobble up your time for sure as a pastor. And I think you all know that. And uh, I don't have time for this the shenanigans and so forth. And I some people I just kind of write off. Well, I in some ways I don't apologize for that. But there's a flip of that coin where. I'm so God, glad that God has been merciful and long-suffering towards me. And I realized my goal, the longer I pastor, the more I realized my goal is to help people, to encourage people, to be gentle to people, to be, fill in the blank, first word is the word kind or kindness. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. God is kind to us. God is good. God is love. God is kind. He's a kind God. And his, that, makes, that means the Holy Spirit is a kind Holy Spirit. And he, and he, he nurtures us. And he's kind to us. And we have his fruit in our, we should manifest that in our lives towards others, kindness. And then the second blank is the word, uh, people that are gentle or kind are pleasant to be around. Genesis, or J- James chapter 3, verse 17, they're pleasant to be around. Hypocrisy. Thank you. And uh, I think many people, I can think of several people in this room, and I can name names here, and I, I won't embarrass you, but no, well, I'll embarrass Janet Cole. Uh, Jan, Janet's always, she's so stinking kind, it is ridiculous how, how kind she, Janet is. Always kind and always uh, peaceable, and, and, she, and, and she's a blessing, of course, and I could say that for a number of others as well. Pleasant to be around. Is that gentleness? And then the next word is the word. Let's uh, hurry along here. The word goodness, and uh, the word goodness. Romans two four. You know not that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. And uh, I want you to consider this thought. Deuteronomy thirty two four. Who has the verse first of all? He is the rock. His word is perfect. All right. One, that's such a great verse. Would you read that one more time for us, please? All right, so write this, this, this down. God is good. He's never bad. 
Aren't you thankful for that? Allah is a bad God. Allah is not even a God. Allah is a fake God, a false God. Muhammad is a, f- a false savior, is a wicked, was a wicked man, of course, and we all know that. And, and, uh, but our savior, Jesus Christ, was a good savior. He's a good God. And our, and our Holy Spirit is a good God. And he's just right all the time. He's never bad. He's never wrong. And that leads me to Ephesians 5, 9 here. Let me just read that here. I didn't give, give the verse out. Ephesians 5, 9 says these words. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. And so goodness does right. We could add, if we fill in the blanks more, or we add more longer blank, does right all the time. Does right all the time. Goodness does right all the time. Then, then we'll get to the last three, or the third trilogy, if you will. The, we get to faith, meekness, and temperance. Faith, um, but the joy of the, the fruit of the Spirit is is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. A very common word in the Greek language, of course, the word pistis. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, the Bible says, can you quote it with me? I started, you finish it. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And then the Bible says uh, that our walk is, walk is a walk by faith. We are saved by faith. God's called us to walk by faith. Now, that's the word Faith has the idea also of faithfulness, and uh, we, we walk this way by faith. And so it's a uh, Philippians 1.6. I guess I didn't give the verse today. Philippians 1.6 here. Let me turn there. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Fill in the first uh, blank there, or rather uh, dash there with uh, wholehearted confidence. Assurance is a key word. Assurance. I know whom I have believed in. Listen, I know. I said it it a thousand times from the pulpit, I'm sure. But I know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. I know that. I have a faith, but it's a no-so faith. I know whom I have believed in. I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And so this faith is a faith that is like, bring it on. April and I were jesting with each other before the service here and. I told her that I had some tough days of COVID here a couple, three weeks back, whatever it was now, and a couple of real rough, rough, rough times together. And uh, I, I thought, Saudi says I get sensational. I probably do a couple, couple, couple times. I thought, man, I might die for this crazy thing here. I was so sick, and, uh, and it's several hours worth. And, uh, and uh, I, I, said, I said, I keep saying, I look forward to going to heaven. I'm not afraid of going to heaven, but it's the process that I'm afraid of. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, choke to death or suffocate to death, of course. And uh, on the way out, I want to go quick. I don't want to go, go, yeah, I want to go. So, but uh, I have faith that, assurance that I'm on the winning side. In fact, uh, next to bullet point in regards to faith is the reliance to fight the good fight of faith. The fill in blank word is the word fight. First Timothy 6, 12. Uh, fight the good fight of faith, Paul said. Lay hold on eternal life. Second Corinthians, Second Timothy four, verse seven. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith, and uh, this faith that we we need to fight the good fight of faith. I want to die serving God. I want to die with my proverbial boots on. I want to die not being, being defaulting, not being a castaway. Not, not, I want to finish my course with joy. And I trust that you do too as well. And that's part of the fruit of the Spirit. He that has begun a good work will, will perform it. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. Uh, 
excuse me, sorry about that, no COVID, just a cough, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, but, but uh, God gives us faith. The next, next one, was number eight, would be the word meekness, of course, and uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30, I didn't give the verse, somebody read that for us real quickly, turn it real fast, I didn't give it to anybody, somebody help me out real quick, somebody get that for us. First person there, pretend like we're in Bobble B there, whatever you call it. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Go ahead, somebody read that, please. Thanks and loud. I'll give you a star on your paper if you read it. Come on, you're too slow. Come on, somebody read. All right, so Jesus said, my yoke is easy. He's a meek God. He's a, we have a meek Holy Spirit. What is meek to somebody who said it's strength, strength under control. When 1 Peter 2, 22 and 23, when Jesus was being examined by Caiaphas and by, by, by Pilate, Pontius Pilate, he could have put him in their place any time he wanted to. He was their creator, their God. He, they didn't breathe without his permission. But it says in 1 Peter 2, 22 and 23, who has that for us? Thanks and loud, please. Strength under control. Sometimes we preach the internet message on Sunday night. Some of you heard it, but uh, when to keep your mouth shut, of course. And uh, sometimes we don't need to say what is maybe the obvious or what needs to be said in regards to the truth. The truth is the Holy Spirit of God speak to hearts uh, um, without our verbiage, if you will. Uh, Isaiah 42 and verse 2 and 3. Who has that verse? those verses? And we'll give you the, the fill-in-the-blank word. I might add, just for the record, the word here, meekness, is also translated, the same Greek word is translated as gentleness, and that's a fill-in-blank word, the, the word patient gentleness. Jesus was a gentle shepherd, a gentle, you know, he's a good shepherd, Psalm 23, he's a gentle shepherd. He leads his sheep, he doesn't drive his sheep, he leads his sheep, and thank God for that. And uh, I might interject at this point in the time here, and most of you know that I'm just such a kind, loving guy, of course, so. Let me pat myself on the back here, but uh, I'm, I'm having a little bit of fun here tonight here, but uh, the fact of the matter is I've seen some pastors, some leaders that are more like cattle drivers than sheep herders, and uh, they, 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 they're very, not this, I wish I could be more bombastic, more assertive many times in my life for sure, and nothing wrong with that, but uh, God's called us to be gentle. He's a gentle shepherd, not a driving shepherd, and uh, God calls us to to lead the flock uh, with gentleness. It's part of meekness. Then, then the last one, of course, is that word temperance. And everybody knows that that's also the idea of self-control. But uh, so the first bullet point is a mastery over desires. First Corinthians 9, 25 to 27, let me paraphrase. Paul said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. That's by any means that I preach to others. I myself should be a castaway. And uh, we, we run a race. And, of course, we need to have... Sp- Holy Spirit control, and that's in regard, we desire to appetites, uh, 
the fleshly appetites of this world, whether it be uh, fleshly physical food for that matter, it could be uh, lustly appetites, it could be carnal appetites that this world has to offer. There's so many of them out there that Christians can get, get uh, sucked into and, um, and not, not have the self-control of the Holy Spirit of God. So a mastery over desires. And then Proverbs 25 to 16, who, who has that verse? All right, there's a verse about moderation, but uh, I put down the fill-in-blank word is the word self-restraint. Restraint. Paul, Paul said again, I keep under my body and bring it to subjection. That's the I preach to others. Uh, here I go again, confessing my own sin here. But, uh, you know, I've had some physical maladies in my life here, and some of it has been that I haven't taken care of my body like I should have in these last umpteen years. Shut up. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> I'm facetious with you. But uh, I'm not the most in-shape specimen on on planet Earth for sure, and I realize that that it, some of my problems has been my my uh, obesity. Don't tell anybody. I'm not overweight. Just uh, just uh, just a few pounds of extra love, Sonny says, in my love handles. But uh, uh, but you know what I mean. Self control it's so hard, and we want to be self in self control in every area of our lives. So let's get to the conclusion of the whole matter, and uh, let me just read to you. I stole this from a. Another preacher, and so he uh, should give credit where credit is due. But the ultimate purpose of God's word, the anointing, the gifts, and the fruit of the Spirit is to transform the Christian and make their character, it's the fill in the blank word, just like his. Oh, to be like him, the songwriter said. Oh, to be like him. Precious Redeemer, pure as thou art. Come in thy fullness, come in thy glory. I can't quote the verse all, the song all of a sudden, but. The fruit is the image of Jesus because Jesus is love. God is love, remember? The Holy Spirit is love. And, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in him, for God is love. It is powerful because no law, law of man or spiritual assault of the enemy can be set against it. Against The Bible says, and we end with the, verse number, the last part of verse number 23, of course, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. In other words, if you have the fruit of the Spirit, by God's grace, you will uh, love us, the fulfilling of the law. You walk by, with joy, and manifestation of joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. There's no law against us. We will walk in a perfect way, just like Jesus walked a perfect walk. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, help us to walk in sunlight. Help us to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, it's been so good to be in the house of God tonight. Lord, I think I, that's... Uh, uh, I think everyone here would say the same thing. Lord, it's good to be back, even with just a handful of us. Bless this, your your church, dear God. We acknowledge, Lord, it's not our church, but we get to be a part of it. Lord, I pray you bless those that can't be here tonight, many that cannot be here. Think of our nursing home saints, especially our shut-ins, and those that, Lord, uh, shouldn't be here because of the weather, and those that are working. Bless our entire church body. Lord, we look forward to, if you tarry and come, you give us a great Lord's Day on Sunday. Pray that we might be, be open up and have all four of our services and look forward to visitors coming into the house of God. Lord, we, I, I made a little joke about it, but I pray for great attendance and crowd Sunday morning, dear God. And Lord, to do the house of God would be filled up and help us to now walk with thee. And thank you for the fellowship that we have in Jesus Christ. Bless us as we close out our service. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What a fellowship. What a joy. Divine leading on the everlasting. 285. 285. 285. I thought it was.